This episode is brought to you by Industrial Automaton. Whether you need a droid to fix your ship or carry a message across the galaxy, Astromic droids can do the job. Industrial Automaton. These are the droids you're looking for. This podcast is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Don't be too proud of this technological podcast you've constructed. It is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Voice of the Rebellion. I'm Mark. And I'm Gabe. Uh, Before we begin, we did promise you a debate episode, and unfortunately, we cannot make good on that this time, because we realized we want to get a moderator for the debate. And we had someone imperfect in mind, but they are currently um, not available for another couple weeks. So uh, we promise that debate episode will be soon. Uh, just just hold, hold on, and we'll get the good moderator. We'll be, it'll be well worth it. We want to do it right. Exactly. So, um, Also, uh, before we get to the news, I just want to share something I think is funny. Uh, so my wife is pregnant, and our due date is May 2nd. So close. As we know, May 4th is Star Wars Day. Yeah. May the 4th be with you. She actually said to me the other day that if she is born on May 4th, as it's getting close to the actual birth, I am allowed to put in Return of the Jedi on the TV in the hospital room so that she could be born to Return of the Jedi. Now, the problem is, is that that baby's going to be born and the first thing it's going to see is the Rancor (laughs) eating the Gamorrean Guard. Well, then it'll be desensitized to rancors. It'll be fine. That's true. Yeah. Or born during the best part. Or, or maybe I'll just say, hold on, honey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold Put it back wait, in. Wait. Put it back in. Let me get to the right seed. Let me get to the right seed. And then fast forward <laughs> to Luke. And yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or the Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. one thing to note is that this is episode three, which means we've completed a trilogy. Whoa. I know. And Star Wars always runs in trilogies, so... Indeed. Um, yeah. So now, wait, well now, do we judge these podcasts by original trilogy standards or prequel trilogy standards? I think that since it's early on, we should probably judge it by, <laughs> by prequel trilogy <laughs> standards. Yeah, yeah. We, we gotta grow. Um, yeah. So um, this is the end of the first trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but also on the... On the... My baby being born. Um, so... When Mark and I did uh, trivia questions at work, um, I got really cocky, and I yep. said that I would get every single question right on one of the cards. On one of the cards, there were six questions in a card. I think immediately I failed it, but I had bet my firstborn child mm-hmm. that I would get them all right. So I failed, and now I have to make do on it. Yes, I don't know how my wife's going to feel about that. We are but, preparing a nursery. Yes, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> so. Anyways, let's get on to the news. All right. So, first bit of news. The rumor is, is that there, well, during a uh, Disney uh, shareholders meeting, they got to see a sneak peek of episode eight. And the rumor is, is that Luke's first words to Ray are, Who are you? Yeah. Completely... Destroying any theories that Luke either knows who Ray is, or that Ray is Luke's daughter, or which I really hope she's not his daughter because that'd be the most boring thing ever. Or not, because the rumor is also 
that that was sort of put there as a joke that they that it was actually like an outtake yeah from the from like that first day of shooting so yeah we don't know for sure yeah but I don't know. I prefer the idea that Luke doesn't know who Ray is. It'd be really cool, especially because there's been all yeah, this build-up, like, and then suddenly, like you you see the that final scene again. Yeah, and Luke's saying, "Who are you? Who are you?" Well, and it also echoes the um, when Maz Kanato is like, "Who are you?" Yeah, and that voice, like, like I think that's going to be a which a theme in this a consistent theme in the new trilogy yeah. of like. Who are you? Like, what do you believe in? Yeah. Would... And Maz, side note, Maz is the best like tertiary character in the new films. Yeah. She's fantastic. No, I agree. Um, also, uh, next, next uh, news is that we just saw this today. Um, in an interview, Frank Oz could not confirm or deny that he was, had a part in The Last Jedi. Yeah, and as if you don't know, Frank Oz is the voice of Yoda. Yeah, um, which is which would be amazing. And yes, then, but it also could be completely insignificant because Ewan McGregor was in the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, you know, like he had the little he had the tiniest voice yeah. and raised Force vision. Um, yeah, but I mean, so it could be something like that. I desperately though want him to like it'd be more significant than that because like okay, so Obi Wan and Yoda become Force ghosts, right? Yeah. Why do they all of a sudden go away? Yeah, but why? why I guess they can explain that. Well, but. there was there was a whole thing in um, *Heir to the Empire* um, at the very beginning of *Heir to the Empire*, which you know, expanding universe it doesn't count anymore. That had um, like it was like one of the very first scenes in the book in this brand new trilogy, and it was Obi Wan basically saying goodbye because he was slowly basically becoming one with the Force. Oh, and disappearing. Okay. So that that could be an explanation, but yeah. they could have they could redo that because they can't. The problem is they can't really do Obi Wan's ghost in the new ones because mm-hmm. the ghost always showed up as Alec Guinness. So yeah, to suddenly yeah. have it, be, and that would be a huge disservice yeah. to Alec Guinness no. to have it suddenly be Ewan McGregor for no reason would be kind of weird. Yeah, but you could have Yoda show up and sort of be talking to Luke and be like, "Well, now I got to go." You're well, in charge. Not now. like show up, but just just the voice. Yeah, like and and Luke's at. Um, I think he's going to be at the first Jedi Temple because that's yeah. what Han said he was looking for. Yeah. So I think it would make sense if this place has a bunch of, you know, has, it's really strong in force yeah. that he would be talking to past Jedi. Mm-hmm. And oh, I mean, it'd be even mind blowing if somehow they got Liam Neeson to like just drop in a voice. Cause, yeah. Because his voice was heard even in the in Revenge of the Sith when Yoda was. Or was yeah. it Attack of Clones? No. No, it was Revenge of the Sith. One of the two. Or, but, yeah, it was one of them. Um, I heard his voice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he was like, you know, meditating and he heard Liam Neeson's voice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, anyways, so a lot is it's exciting. Um, hopefully Frank Oz actually does. That would be great. Yeah. yeah show up. All right. Um, so on to today's main topic, fan theories. All right. So today we're going to be talking about different fan theories that are out there. And whether or not we think that they hold any weight and things like that. Whether they're good, whether they're garbage, whether they make sense. Yeah. And a couple of these, I think, make a lot of sense. And that's Gabe doesn't. That's because you're an idiot. But Well, you know, every, we all know who's... Because you're a foil idiot. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's start off with the one of the newer fan theories that has gotten a lot of steam really lately. Um, Darth 
Jar Jar. Yeah. So the Darth Jar Jar theory is that Jar Jar is actually, was supposed to be set up to be the mastermind Sith Lord behind everything over the course of the films. Um, and that in um, Phantom Menace, you can see hints of that. Things yeah, like... Like, like um, apparently he's like, his lips are moving. Like, whenever something needs to get done, like, convincing. So people say that's, like, mind-tricking. Yes, yeah, so like, you can see, and like, you can see Qui-Gon saying something, and behind him, Jar Jar is moving his mouth in unison, sort of telling him yeah. what to say. And then, like, the way he moves his hands around, they said it was, like, him um, using mind tricks and stuff. Because there's a couple times where somebody tells him not to do something, and he waves his hands around and says that he's going to yeah. do it. And they're like, all right, go ahead and do it. And then, you know, his big jumps are, like, Force jumps, yeah. apparently, and and the biggest thing is that he called for the boat to give the Chancellor emergency powers, yeah, which led to the Empire. So people say that he was really a tool used by Palpatine as a Sith Lord, yeah, um, or that it, or that he was going to turn out to actually have been the master of Palpatine. And then, <laughs> then in Episode Three, there was going to be this big, huge reveal. The problem is that Jar Jar looks so damn stupid. Yeah. But I think that's the point. It's like the... But it's like, Mr. You... it's like when Yoda was like acting the fool in Empire Strikes Back. I know, but then Yoda in the end looked wise. I don't see a way that you could make <laughs> yeah. Jar Jar look menacing. Yeah. So that when it's finally revealed, you're like, oh, he's terrifying. And you just be like, he's just this like dumb yeah. fish horse. Floppy like, eared. Yeah. This floppy like, fish horse. Like what's he... Saying poodoo and... Yeah. Um, so I don't know how they could, how he could have pulled that off. I'm not sure that it's a legit theory. There's, I mean, it's really yeah, interesting it, to see some of the things that they've. Yeah, well, it's funny out. to see people who like you know accept this as a joke theory, and then people who are all serious about it. Yeah, it's like it's garbage. Okay, yeah. like my biggest gripe with it is the Sith rule of two. So yeah. you have a master and an apprentice, and it goes down the line, and the apprentice usually will have like a secret apprentice to try to overthrow the master. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't work in this case because it's just Palpatine. You can't just say he has two apprentices. Yeah. Darth Maul and Jar Jar. That doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And Palpatine in there. And Palpatine's pretty, I don't know. He seems like pretty strict with the Sith code. Like he, yeah. he believes in it and he having a rule of two. Yeah. So yeah. And garbage. No big, Big ol' let's let's rate these on a scale of one to three, one to three Django Fett heads. Okay, so um, one, one, I would say one Django head. One Django head. Um, so one's the worst. Yeah, one's the worst. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Django head doesn't even exist. All right. So the second theory is that Boba Fett killed Aunt and Uncle Owen. Yeah, so yeah. the the reasoning behind this theory, and I understand the reasoning. Yeah. Um, I like this theory. Boba Fett is already on Tatooine. Yes. As seen... Uh, In the special editions. Yes, like he's, he's there Working with Jabba. for Jabba, yep. yeah. Um, so he's on Tatooine at the same time. And Obi-Wan, you know, he has that line where he says, these blast points, too accurate for... Um, sand people. Sand people, yeah. Only Imperial Skull proof is so precise. Which Boba Fett is technically a clone. The same mm-hmm. clones that are yeah, and his quote unquote only Imperial Stormtroopers is not. It's not saying that nobody in the yeah. galaxy is yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. so it uh, you know it so, could be anybody who's yeah, more accurate and, and than a sand person. Supposedly Boba Fett's a good shot. Which, 
we'll argue that later. Yeah. But, uh, I don't like it. No, no, there's more details to it. Okay. 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 Try swimming. All right. So another point that was made was that when you see Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's bodies, they're just completely torched. Yeah. And Boba Fett has and a flamethrower. Flame yeah. But why also, does that mean stormtroopers can't do that? Well, they could have. But when Darth Vader then sees Boba Fett for the first time in Empire Strikes Back, he wags his finger at him and tells him no disintegrations because he knows that he because he knows that he's torched yeah that he that he torched his his stepbrother his stepbrother <laughs> and so he's like this time no stop it stop burning my family alive. <laughs> So that's that's where the fan theory comes from. Okay. I don't like it because it's just a desperate, desperate um, move to try to make Boba to Fett tie important. And yeah. Boba Fett's not. He's actually terrible because what is he? Okay. Literally, I think the only thing that he actually contributed was that he followed Han to Cloud City. Yeah. He but was Han, clever enough to... But Han had the stupid idea to hide on a Star Destroyer. So... I think that really that's more Hans being an idiot than Boba Fett being that was a, clever. That's a really, really clever and plan. No, it's Hans terrible in every way. So no. Um, so and and just look at how Boba Fett gets. Well, I guess not dies because that's still disputed, but gets thrown yeah. into the Sarlacc pit. Han goes Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? And it, like jerks backward, and the rod goes into his jetpack, and Boba Fett goes ah, and it goes into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Yeah, that's real cool. Um, so a couple things. One, um, I'm wondering your thoughts on that scene where you hate Boba Fett and you hate mm-hmm. Han Solo. Yes. And yet <laughs> <laughs> you've got Han Solo <laughs> killing Boba Fett. Is Han Solo good in that instance? That's a real Sophie's choice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, well, no, because it's by accident. I mean, that's not, it doesn't make him good. Yeah. It makes him the bumbling right. idiot he is. Second, if you read um, Tag and Bink Are Here, which is a comedy comic that was about these two guys who happened to stumble into being like ev- being everywhere in the entire Star Wars universe. It's really funny. It's really funny. And there's this whole scene where they end up knocking out Boba Fett and one of them gets into Boba Fett's armor. So that explains why he's so incompetent at Jabba's Palace because he's actually... <laughs> makes so much more sense. He's actually Boba Fett and yeah. they end up like dragging him... His buddy ends up dragging him out of the uh, yeah. the Sarlacc pit at the end of it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that's you know that's not here nor there. But yeah. so, um, that would explain why he was okay. So how yeah. many Django Fett heads do you give this? I give this two out of three. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I like the theory. I think it makes sense. I also don't think it's necessary to try to fit yeah. shoehorn a character into everything. Yeah. So I, I'll give it one because it's actually plausible. Yeah. But it is just such a desperate attempt to 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 make Boba Fett mm, relevant. Yeah. And he's just not relevant ever. So yeah. Alright. So the next theory is <laughs> so, so stupid. This is a good one. So stupid. This was this the was worst mentioned theory ever ever. This was mentioned last episode. So Han Solo is force sensitive. And it's Pollo! Stupid. Alright, so. Alright, you, you <clears throat> okay. convi- convince me. Convince okay. me. Tell me, what are the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field? 3,720 to 1. 
Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Three thousand seven hundred and twenty yeah. to one. Yes. And Han Solo does it without breaking a sweat. Okay. Well, that's because the Force is with them. It's not because he is using the Force. No. Okay. Every single other character in the entire Star Wars saga who ever says, I have a bad feeling about this, mm-hmm. is Force-sensitive. Luke, Leia, Obi-Wan. I want, uh, fa- I Anakin. I want to fact check this, because I don't think that's right. All right. I well, don't think. Yeah, no, it's every single person. That can't be right. Yes. No, it absolutely is. So. Okay, you look that up. I will look it up. Um, but Han Solo is the only one who doesn't. So and that's he the says, other side of that. Thing. Yeah. Okay, but okay. While you're looking mm-hmm. that up, um, I know people have also said that he's force sensitive because, um, at least in the special edition, he like dodges Greedo's shot at him, and then he fires back quickly. Yeah. So it's like force, like like you predict the movements of the shot, mm-hmm. and and then of course there's the how um, oh and doing the castle run to begin with, um, mm-hmm. yeah, in twelve parsecs mm-hmm. in, in in measurements of distance for yeah. some reason. Um, I mean, I guess you would have to be for a sense if you could bend the laws of physics, but yeah, um, no, I, the castle run <laughs> is an entire episode in and of itself. All right, <laughs> have to do it sometime. Um, but also the I guess the main thing, the biggest argument that I can see is that going light speed to get past the shields mm-hmm. in Force Awakens of the Starkiller base, yeah. and then coming out of light speed right when you get past the shields and somehow mm-hmm. not splattering into um, the planet. Yeah. That he, exactly. have, that he would have to be force sensitive to that. Exactly. Okay. Wait, okay, so I've got the instances. All right. Okay. All right. Episode one. Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. Episode two. And this is for saying a bad feeling about Yes. Me. Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Episode three. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Um, episode four. Hold on. Did you skip Rogue One? Yes, I skipped Rogue One. Well, who says in Rogue One? K2SO. Huh. No. Huh. No. Interesting. So, episode four. Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Episode, uh, episode, also episode four. Han Solo. Yeah. Episode five. Princess Leia. Okay. Episode six. Uh, Han Solo. <laughs> oh, he's skipping another one. C-3PO. Anyway. So unless, unless all droids are Force-sensitive? No. Don't get me See, started on I'm glad we fact-checked this. Yeah. Did we and learn our lesson? Did we no. learn our lesson? No. Alternate effects. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and episode seven. Han Solo. Okay, yeah. so to be clear, your argument was yes because only four sensitive people say would, would know to say I have a bad feeling mm-hmm. about this because they're sensing it, mm-hmm. and since Han Solo is one of those people, yeah. that he's four sensitive. Yes, except for both C three PO and K two S O. Yes, but droids also have uh, enhanced sensors; they're able to you, pick up on God, problems. You are just you're sad. You're so sad. That's that's beside the point. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's unrelated. Okay. But let's get to the main point here. Okay. Um, I understand these arguments, but it's not him using the force. It's the force being with him because he's a core character 
that Luke and Leia need. It's not. It's not that he's sensing the force and using no, it. It's just that it's, he it's doesn't like, realize that he is. It's like no, that's. It, it's like okay, Chirrut in Rogue One, mm-hmm. like the force is just with him. He's not force sensitive. He's not a Jedi. It's just with him. So if he's not, force, not if if Chirrut is not force sensitive, then how is he able to? Sense the uh, kyber crystal around Jenner's neck from across the busy marketplace. He's sensing it through the force. Well, okay. He's force sensitive. Okay, okay. So maybe he is, but that doesn't yeah. mean that Han is. Yeah. Because he's. No, just... don't you remember when Han Solo senses Jenner's <laughs> kyber crystal from across the marketplace? <laughs> okay. I, no, it's. Yeah. It's completely. No, I'm giving this a three. No, of course you would. Out but, of three. But really, what do you say? No, I have not heard a, a satisfactory argument against just the Force being with him. You, you could say the same thing of, like, Princess Leia. The Force is with her, so she's no, able to No, because she hear. uses it. She uses it to sense Luke in Cloud City when Luke's no, calling out to Han her. Is call, Luke is calling out to her. He's yeah. tapping into her brain. She's not using the Force herself. Well, she is. She's sensing it. No, the force is with her. Well, either no, okay. Either way, Leia's not shown to be force sensitive. In this case, let's say she's not. Okay, yeah. who cares? But the other force sensitive people actually use the force. Yeah, they use the force, but yeah. he doesn't because he does. Well, he does. He just doesn't okay. realize. He's using okay, it. so in that case, let's say hypothetically he's force sensitive. That makes him the biggest idiot in the Star Wars universe because he doesn't even realize he's force sensitive. There's nothing idiotic what? about it. How stupid is he then? He doesn't realize he has powers? Yeah, like, because they're just, na- they come naturally to him, and they're so minute that he doesn't, there's, he doesn't sense that there's, a, he just thinks that he's really, really lucky. Now, if you want to go into, like, the expanding universe, I've been listening to the audiobook of Star Wars Aftermath Life Death, and, like, three times in that book, and mind you, this is part of the official canon now, three times in that book, Han Solo keeps like casually like joking around like, well maybe I've got the force maybe I'm force sensitive <laughs> like three times that's just that's just him being snarky because that's his that's his attitude three I mean, times so far so, so why would yet. he why would he play the fool then if it's not a snarky comment like well he's he's joking around about it but it's because continually lucky things keep happening to him because he's using the force without realizing so okay. how many how many okay. Django Fett helmets do you give this? I give it one because I understand the arguments. Yeah. They're just misdirected, okay? Mm-hmm. You know the difference between force sensitive and the force being with someone. Okay. And until he until they ever actually show him use the force? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Alright. Next one. Uh big fan theory is that the Emperor is the one who created Anakin Skywalker. Now this theory, I, I've been hearing this theory since the first film came out, since episode one came out. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because of the whole thing, like right with Skywalker being like, there was no father. He was created with the force or whatever. That's right. Like right from the start, people were like, Oh, what if he was created by the emperor? I remember because I, I was used to be on the forums for the force.net and stuff. That's it's crazy. All the way back then. Uh, you know, I, it almost makes me wonder if George Lucas was looking at the forums. He's like, that's a great idea. And then he, and then in Revenge of the Sith, he has Palpatine say the line that his master figured out how to create life. Yeah, with the midichlorians, yeah. <laughs> because Lucas just makes it up as he goes, yeah. no matter what he says. Yeah. Um, and also, 
I think that there was actually a, a really um, unfortunate misstep with episode three where you could... Did I say this in the last episode? What? Where you could have had the Emperor actually... Uh, yeah, yeah, you said it. I, he could have been the one who... Who's uh, like, I I created... Yeah, yeah with you. Like, I am your I'm father. Your father. And that would have been brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, lost opportunity there. Um, the only thing I don't... I guess like about the theory is does that make Anakin the chosen one or not? Like, well, Anakin is, I mean, you guess he's still created by the forest. If, if we're yeah. just going by the prophecy. Yeah. Which, which they're never actually clear on what the prophecy actually says. Yeah. They just keep mentioning it without actually... Or what it is, or where yeah. it came from, or it didn't even exist until the prequels. Exactly. Um, but, so yeah, I guess it just doesn't... I guess, yeah, I mean, that's open to interpretation. But that sort of leads into the next one. So how many... Yeah. How many um, helmets or heads do you give this? Well, do I give it... I mean, I give it two out of three. I mean, yeah. it's, it's super plausible. Yeah, I'll say two out of three. I mean, they, they set it up because he said that his master could create life. Yeah. Um, in now, fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it three out of three. Because of, the, because of Palpatine's whole thing with Anakin telling him about yeah. how his master was able to create life, and it was, that, for me, I feel like is a definite... And it was like painfully obvious how interested Palpatine was in Anakin from the get-go. Yeah. When he we says watch your career with yeah, great interest. Yeah, like right off the bat. And it's like, how did he know that Anakin would be go dark? Like, yeah. if he, if he, he knew because he was when he created him. Like, yeah. Um, well, the Emperor does a lot of... And if you're looking at, like, language from the Star Wars role-playing game, he's using the, the foresight, force power a lot. Yeah. In that he's constantly saying, I have foreseen it. They're, they're yeah. always, he always seems to be able to see Everything what's... proceeding as I have foreseen. Yeah, I mean, you, he would have to have a sense of being able to see what happens in the future in order to um, pull off fighting two sides of a war. Yeah. So. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Now, I did see... Uh, I read that apparently in the Darth Plagueis book mm-hmm. that came out... Uh, so Darth Plagueis was his master. Uh, yeah. that, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yes. Uh, that uh, that he and the Emperor were trying to like permanently tip the balance of the Force towards the dark side, yeah. and because of that, the Force created Anakin Skywalker to counterbalance it, which is weird. Because then, why would Anakin be so easily manipulated the dark side? But because of what this next theory okay. is, which so, is, did Anakin actually bring balance to the Force, and if so, how? So there's a lot... Okay, so this is our next one. There's a lot of theories on whether or not Anakin brought balance to the Force. Um, one theory, which is... This this is the most annoying theory to me, because it has no class, um, is that he brought balance by making it so that there was two Jedi and two Sith. Mm-hmm. Like, Obi-Wan and Yoda, and then Darth Vader and the Emperor. Yeah. Um, and then again, in the end, um, because, um, by making it just Luke and I guess the emperor, cause he, he's neutral at that point. I don't know, but yeah, um, I don't like that cause that's just, 
there's no metaphor in that. It's yeah, so this is so like plain and and the dark side is a corruption of the force itself. The force isn't isn't good or evil, but the the dark side is it's the it's bending twisting. it's bending the force to your will. Yeah, like, against what which, it's naturally supposed uh, to be doing. Total sidestep here. I think mind trick should not be considered a light side power because. Yeah, you're manipulating somebody using the force. You're like, you're, that's for, you're you're forcing their mind yeah, to that's love. Have, yeah, if you can't convince someone on your own, like come on. Yeah, you're just you know. Um, but now with, but so he did bring balance to the force okay, by no. killing the emperor. So yeah, and therefore destroying evil, turning against evil, destroying evil, and becoming but having that's completely undone by the new trilogy. Because if if there are any Sith after that moment. Then this grand prophecy is well, not fulfilled. I don't think there are any Sith, but or people bending the Force. Yeah, so will. But there's always going yeah. to be the the point of if you look at Episode Seven, you go and look at the expanding universe where we had Luke going off and getting married, and Han and Leia have three babies, and everything is wonderful. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's struggles along the way, but they get everything they want. And then suddenly you like do a smash cut to episode seven and it's like, no, Luke is all alone and Han and Leia are divorced. They have one kid who's evil and the kid kills his dad. You're like, oh, this fairy tale ending that, that the Star Wars fans all saw in the expanded universe is gone. Yeah. So the idea is there will always be evil out there. And because there will always be evil, you always have to have somebody there to stop it. So what Anakin did was, yes, he brought balance to the Force. It doesn't mean the Force will always be in balance. He brought balance to the Force, and then the Force went into like receding and fell asleep, which is why the Force had to reawaken when the Force awakens. Okay, I get that argument. I yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, um, but I think I think it still kind of devalues the prophecy in a way. Well, especially because, because if you look at it, the the dark side ruled the entire galaxy under the Empire. Yeah. Now what you have is you have a bunch of guys playing Nazi on a on a moon that they've turned into a giant gun. Yeah. Like they're that that's all that exists. Right. They aren't this big huge galactic power. If you go and look at the expanding universe stuff around the first order, they're off in wilds in not in wild space, in the unknown regions. Yeah. And the Republic can't even bother to care about them. Yeah. So they have to fund this resistance yeah. in secret. Oh, it's okay. just a non existent I get all that, but it, it just I don't know, to have this grand prophecy that's been given down generation to generation, mm-hmm. it, it, it just like implies a permanent balance to the Force. Mm. Like, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah. Like, why the, they're, like, they're like building it up so much. Pro- it's like... Well, prophecies have always been unreliable, especially if you go and look at fantasy, and as you said, Star Wars is fantasy. Yes. So, prophecies are always unreliable. And I mean, Yoda, always does, Yoda does say the line... Um, a prophecy misread could have been. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and unless we actually finally get around to seeing the prophecy, like if Lucasfilm wants to put out a book that is the prophecy, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But until we actually see the prophecy, there's no way to tell whether or not the prophecy was correct or not. Yeah, they don't. They never quote it. They just make vague things about you're talking about the prophecy. So we don't even know what the prophecy actually says. Right. And and it could be that you know. Luke is also part of fulfilling that prophecy. Yeah. That because some people are like, well, it was started with Anakin and fulfilled by Luke. Yeah. So 
yeah, I don't know. It, it's still completely up in the air. Um, but I guess so. I guess there's not really Django Fett heads to give because there's just so many theories on this. Yeah, right? it's just all kind um, of big. But if we're doing the theory of it leaves two Jedi and two Sith, I mean, it did. <laughs> so that would have to be three out of three. Zero Django Fett heads. Whereas, <laughs> whereas I think that he brought balance to the Force by destroying the Sith. Once yeah. and for all, because I don't I think still, the episode seven stuff is actually are there. I don't think they're Sith, but I mean, in Lucas's mind. So Lucas said himself that when he destroyed Palpatine, that's him fulfilling the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And I guess in Lucas's mind, there aren't any films after the sixth one, except that he wrote. So, the, he wrote, yeah, he wrote episodes. He's just. You know, he wrote. He actually wrote episode seven, and they decided to ditch the entire thing. They were like, "No, thanks, George." <laughs> When he sold them Lucasfilm to yeah. when he sold Lucasfilm to Disney, he was like, "Hey, so uh, I got this script for Episode Seven, and they were like, "Oh no, thank you, well, thanks, we're good, <laughs> bye." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, I mean, so okay, yeah, I would still give that one though because it's I don't know, we still said that. Yeah. Okay, real quick, uh, last fan fan theories we want to get on. Um, who is Ray? Yeah. Um, the options are she's a Kenobi, a Skywalker, a Solo, a Palpatine, mm. or the actual Chosen One. I desperately want it to be that she's a Kenobi. That would be pretty cool. Now, she can't be a Kenobi being the daughter of no. Obi-Wan. She's, she has to be the granddaughter yeah, based be on too, the age. She's too young for that. So, yeah. um... So yeah, and so I understand that you'd have to have so much exposition to understand yeah. to, to explain how Which, she's the granddaughter. Here's what they could do: if they avoided doing a, if they announce a Star Wars celebration, which is coming up next month, that they're doing a Kenobi film, which Ewan McGregor said he's interested in, they could get that out just before the episode nine comes out, and that's where they could reveal. Yeah, that Ray is a Kenobi, but it would feel so after... off to have a single film, like no, no, because what you do in the Kenobi film is you have him on Tatooine, you sort of do a, an old spaghetti western style where he comes in and shows up at well, yeah. anchorhead to clean up and town. I would love that, and then you and you have some woman in it, and they fall in love, and so they estab- and they you know you have her that woman at the beginning of the film, and you really establish that these two yeah. are a couple, and so then when in episode nine when it's finally revealed. You go, oh yeah, that lady and Kenobi had a kid, and yeah. then but they then it would feel like four movies together, not three, because this is like sole purpose is to explain Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, I still think there's a way to do it. I'm sure they're clever enough to do it without yeah. getting, without getting bogged down in exposition. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want it to be this so bad is that I just think it's it's very poetic to have the granddaughter of Obi Wan fighting the grandson of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And the feud is still going and yeah. they resolve it. Because then it brings it makes the prequels relevant. Yeah. Um because Obi-Wan was probably I think he was the best part of the prequels, honestly. Um yeah. so I yeah, just that relationship continued down. Um I think it'd be just really neat to see. Yeah. Now one twist on everybody knew everybody's heard the whole she's the daughter of Luke Skywalker. I think that's that'd be lazy. The other theory, though, with her being a Skywalker is that 
she is the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. She'd be the right age for it. Yeah. If she was born right after he died. Except that she wasn't because she's supposed to be like 19 and this takes place 30 years after. Well, she can still be recurring. Yeah, exactly. Take some time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I know. I don't like this one at all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, then there's the, the theory that she's really Leia and Han's daughter. Like, really? How yeah. do you get that from Han meeting Rey? In and, Force Awakens. Yeah, like, being like, who are really? you? I don't care who you are. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially because he had such concern for his son. Like, yeah. He would show the same concern for his daughter. Yeah. So that's garbage. How about this Palpatine theory to explain that? I think it's interesting. Um, so the idea is that um, she was either also created by... I, I like the idea that she was created by Palpatine mm-hmm. as like a backup. Because Palpatine knew Vader wasn't going to last forever. Uh-huh. And so he created her. Um, well, I guess when she's nineteen, that doesn't work. No. Mm. Well, maybe maybe the, she was like sealed in a vault <laughs> underneath Jakku, and then yeah, like going to ten okay. years later, the well, the main theory of it is that she's like a clone of Palpatine, and that um, or she could just be an actual descendant. There's nothing yeah. saying that she couldn't be, which would be interesting because again, that would tie in more to. Um, yeah, the other movies and have the descendant of Palpatine yeah. taking out the descendant of Darth Vader. Yeah, like it fl- yeah. flipping the script basically. And yeah. um, but I don't think it would go that route because it's obviously it's obvious that Kylo Ren's going to find some sort of redemption soon. So it's not yeah. like that battle can actually yeah do that. Um, okay, but there's one more theory about Rey uh, that she's the actual chosen one, and something occurred to me the other day. Um, I was reading an article. And, you know, it was saying that, um, what a phrase, the chosen one who is yeah, fulfilling the prophecy. So back to what we discussed mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. And this could actually even tie in with you saying that she's the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. Um, but I'm, basically, not, I'm, a, no, I'm not saying that she's the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> okay. But possibly. <laughs> but I, I just, I stated that yes. from a theory. I am not saying yeah. that. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so, um. So, the idea that she uh, will f- fulfill the prophecy uh, because she basically is the Force. She's a manifestation of the Force. I actually really like this because of the... So, you have right, you have Vader, and then who was supposed to be the Chosen One. And then you have Luke, who maybe was part of it. And then you have Rey. So, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you take that religious um, symbolism, metaphor, mm-hmm. um, yeah. allegory. That's what I'm looking for. That religious allegory. Uh, bring it into Star Wars, which obviously they've done already. Um, yeah. And so basically she is the force. But she yeah. doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And so she is the Holy Spirit that's yeah. binding the galaxy together. And Okay, but if you watch in Force Awakens when she's battling... Kylo Ren on Starkiller Base. And they're in the middle of fighting. She's getting driven back further and further. And he gets his lightsaber right up against her face and he says, I can train you. And then she sits there and closes her eyes mm-hmm. for a moment and everything goes silent. When she opens her eyes, her face turns into a snarl and she begins lashing out. Mm-hmm. She's totally using the dark side there. No. I think she's ta- she's tapping into her anger. 
and using it to drive her forward. I don't think she's like, she's not like, I'm a Seth now. I disagree with that because she was actually at calm. Like she was, she, she was, was at so, first she had, there, but she was so stressed out. And then he's like, I can teach you the ways of the force. And she says, Oh, the force. And then she kind of meditates. It's not her like going into a rage. It's her actually being at peace. Not if you look at the way the like her actions, like how, how forceful she is driving forward and the face that she's making. That's a face of anger. I, so okay. for her to be the actual, like, the embodiment actual of the force itself would be a problem because you theor- because you're saying that the dark side's a corruption of the force yeah and she wouldn't be a corruption she wouldn't be able she to would be a have corruption. to be basically she'd have to be a goody two shoes the entire three movies which would actually be bad plotting but yeah I don't know I just like the idea of the father yeah. and the son the Holy Spirit yeah. because like like let's say you, let's say they actually bring in what the prophecy actually is in the next one yeah um, and it's revealed that it starts with the father and then it's fulfilled by the son and then finally. By, together, by, by the, the Holy physical Spirit. embodiment. Yeah, it's so like the, the father and son of the itself. physical, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and finally ties together the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's probably not it, but it's just a neat thought. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so which, then which theory do you give three Django Fett heads to? I give the most Django Fett heads to uh, Kenobi. Mm-hmm. I, mainly because I really want it to be that. Yes, I agree. And I'll do the same thing. Even though Kenobi no. is a terrible Jedi. I, terrible at being a Jedi. I'm so conflicted about that. I like him and I understand why people don't. But I I don't I know. I, I like yeah. I like Ewan McGregor. I yeah. like the character of Ben Kenobi. Yeah. But Obi-Wan Kenobi drove the galaxy into an authoritarian. I'd say the Jedi Council the galaxy. more as a whole, but Alright. Okay. So time to go on to the best segment. Trivia. Trivia time. All right. So I went first last time. Okay. And for those keeping up, uh, the score is Mark has seven. I have six. Yes. So, Mark, tell yes. me. Who set who sets foot on Naboo and declares, ah, victory? Who sets foot on Naboo? It says, ah, victory? Yeah. Ah, um, that would be um, Newt Gunray. Yes. Yeah. Which planet does Yoda head for after Chancellor Palpatine is granted emergency powers? After he is granted emergency powers, mm-hmm. um, he heads for uh, Geonosis. No. How did who did he show up on Geonosis with? The clones. He headed to Camino. Oh, he did. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You know, so I honestly, to to, I yeah. probably would have said the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, because they don't have to show him going to Camino. Yeah. I think but he, he had to it. have gone to. Yeah. Camino I, th- or, I think they, I think he just says it offhand dialogue. I don't think he necessarily even said it that directly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, who was the first rebel to enter the Imperial bunker on Endor? Oh. Go into your mind palace for this one. Oh. It is Han Solo. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Who is the military leader of the droid army? The military leader of the droid army? Yeah. Um, I guess it depends at what point of the war you're talking about. Yeah, um, I don't like this question, but hey, we have to... So, I mean, if you're going to go with a military leader, there isn't, like, a specific... 
battle droid in episode one who's the military leader mm-hmm. um episode two there's not really like a leader of the mi- so i'm going to go with general grievous that's correct okay but i agree that was yeah because well, he was the general of the separatist forces like yeah. not just the droids and the yeah, separatist I forces don't... were more than just the droids yeah so okay okay but you got it right yeah uh who flies an exotic ship that captures supralight emissions for speedy interstellar travel. Probably mispronounced uh, that. No, super light. Yeah. That's uh, Count Dooku. Yeah. With his sail. Well, yeah, I, think, I think that was really cool. Yeah. I like ships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how it goes like in the hyperspace. <laughs> yeah. It, it just sort of sails through it. space and then arrives <laughs> at Coruscant. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of Han Solo's debt does Jabba the Hutt agree to accept as a bonus when they meet outside the Millennium Falcon? Uh, well, Jabba initially says uh, 20, and Han says 15. Don't push it. Correct. Yes! All right, so you got one wrong. Yeah. So uh, 5 plus 7, I believe, is 12. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. I just have to get 6 out of 6. <sighs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How many troopers... Fall to Princess Leia's blaster before she is captured aboard her consular ship. Oh. Um, okay, I know she she blasts one. And then I want to say it's just one, but... One. Correct. Yes. Who does Luke Skywalker warn... Soon I'll be dead and you with me. <laughs> not how he says it's it. how he says everything. No, because that's when he's a really mature Jedi and he's awesome. I agree he's whiny in the in the first one, but okay. Uh, he says it who is he saying it to? Who does he say it to? Uh the Emperor. Yes. Who warned Luke Skywalker to not get cocky? Han Solo. Yeah. Great kid, don't get cocky. Whose encounter with a bog beast inspires Luke Skywalker to quip? You're lucky you don't taste very good. Uh, R2-D2. Correct. Woohoo! What part of a buzz droid does Obi-Wan Kenobi tell R2-D2 to hit in order to disable it? His center eye. Oh. How many columns in the Geonosin execution arena are available for chained victims until one is knocked down? Oh, man. This is Mind Palace stuff. Um, So obviously there's at least three for them. Are there more is the question. Because um, there was Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme. I want to say there was more. I want to say there was two more. Five. The answer is four. There was Fuck one you. other one. Which... Fuck you. <laughs> which is interesting because in the interest of you know, symmetry and stuff like that, you'd think there would be a whole extra one. Yeah. So it's, but there was no, there was, there was only four. So dang it. Okay. So, so that, we're still, that puts me at 11. You yep. have one ahead still. Yeah. I, I was, will, I will overtake you. I was worried because that card was actually, there was a lot of really easy ones there. Well, a lot of them were from Return of the Jedi. Exactly. And, which is a problem. Yeah. Because, because it's the greatest film ever made. It's not. Uh, okay. <clears throat> On to Snoke Theory. Weekly Snoke Theory. All right. So, Gabe, tell me, who is Snoke? All right. 
Yeah, go in for you this time. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So, okay. Last two times, I was high. All right. You there's, really were. There's, there was like I mean, bloodshot how, eyes. How could it be R2-D2? How could it be the one guy that can't remember in his episode name? one? Yeah. Four? No, I'm saying in the first episode. Oh, in the first episode, I said it was um, the guy who had the death sentence on 12 systems. Um, Dr. Okay. Enzavan. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Okay, so clearly, it's Chancellor Valorum. Okay. So, for those who don't remember, he was the Chancellor who was ousted in Episode 1 mm-hmm. because he didn't deal with the, the Trade Federation yeah. like everyone wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And that's how Palpatine became Chancellor, because of voted no confidence. Yeah. Okay, so after that, Valorum is pissed, right? Mm-hmm. He's like... I, how did this happen to me? Yeah. Like, clearly things were, be, yeah. things were clearly um, set against me. So, he's out for revenge, mm-hmm. right? And he's got to make his political comeback. Yeah. All right? Star Wars as a whole is a political drama. Yeah. All right? So, basically, um, he probably just finds ways to extend his life. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of cocaine. Yeah. And... And so, and it isn't, and no one ever said that Snoke had to be force sensitive. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. he doesn't have to be force He would just be a guy. Yeah. So, um, basically he had to be in hiding for a while because Palpatine was too powerful and he had things too planned out, but now this is where he makes his comeback mm-hmm. and Valorum wants to be the new ruler of the universe just so he can say, see, I was a good ruler. I could do good. That makes sense. Especially, yeah. like, look at Valorum and look I mean, at Snoke. Yeah. They're both, like, scrawny, withered-up yeah. old men. And they, yeah, and they've got, you know, they've got gravitas. Both yeah. have gravitas. Um, Bo- they both have British of, accents. Yeah. That kind of, that good voice. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, I don't see how it could be anybody else. It couldn't be. Yeah. It would have to be. Yeah. All right. So, that All right. was Voice of the Rebellion for this week. The trilogy is now complete. Yes. And uh, we're going to be beginning the, the sequel trilogy yes. starting next week. Which, as we know, is always greater than the first trilogy, right? <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah. Right, guys? Right? <laughs> so, if you like the show, make sure to go over onto iTunes. Make sure to rate us and review us because that ends up getting us more uh, noticeable. It's easier for people to find us over we on just iTunes. Want to be just all love we us. Want. That's all we want. Please love us. Yeah. Or you can go and get our RSS feed from Podbean. Uh, make sure to go onto Facebook. Like uh, us. Like us over there. Love us. Go us. Uh, go over onto uh, to the Twitter. The Twitter. Tweet tweet. Um, tweet and that's V O T R V O T R podcast. Um. And, uh, yeah, until next week. Uh, and the debate one is, yes. is coming. Um, so still send us your, your ideas on what we should debate about. Yep, we've got um, that over on our Facebook page. We've, we've got our moderator comment. coming. Um, he'll do a great job, so just bear with us. All right, we will see you next time. So this is how podcasts end, with thunderous applause.